Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? Thanks so much for being here. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today, I'm so excited to have one of the great female crypto art OGs join me on the stage. Most of the world discovered crypto art around March of 2021 after Beeple's record-breaking $69 million Christie's auction. But there were a handful of artists that were around well before that, and today's guest was one of those pioneers. After falling in love with art as a child, today's guest, like many of us, got busy in life and lost touch with creating. That is, until she heard about this new world of NFTs. She is an example of not giving up on your dreams and leaning into the unknown. She has had several extremely successful NFT drops on Maker's Place and is now preparing to launch her own generative NFT collection called Katie's Love Lost Dolls. It's my honor to share the stage with the one and only Katie Arrington. What's going on? Thanks for joining us today. Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm Katie Arrington. I have joined, I joined the NFT space in January of 2020. Um, But I've been a digital artist long before that. And when I discovered NFTs, it really was perfect for me because I was only doing digital art. I had, you know, I had like you, like you, the way, like in your introduction, I leaned, leaned into the unknown. It was just making art because I wanted to make art and then discovered NFTs and it was it changed my life. <laughs> you know what? You just, uh, anyways, because if, so you you started creating NFTs and uh, and heard about the NFT space in January of 2020, which is uh, just to give people perspective, is well before many people were in. I would call that uh, maybe like yeah. the second wave. If you think the first wave is kind of some of those artists that were around in 2018, 2019. In 2020 was kind of the second wave where a lot of newer artists, when Fawocious was getting started, you know, uh, Odious, a lot of these these artists uh, in the second wave. And then there was like this huge third wave after that second wave that happened after the Beeple sale. But uh, so it's just kind of cool because it was such a different space. Everything was a lot quieter. There weren't as many people. But before 2020, when you started hearing about NFTs, I'm curious a couple things. One, how you heard about NFTs, what kind of got you into the scene? And if you were in crypto before NFTs, if that's kind of how you heard about it, tell us a little bit about like just your journey into the scene. How did you even find out about it so early on? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had not heard about NFTs. Um, I had heard about crypto and um, Bitcoin and and people talking about shit coins, things like that. But I wasn't really touching it. I didn't know enough about it. And the way that I got introduced to it was because I got an email from Maker's Place. Um, They invited me to join their platform and 
I get emails like, like, like that, like just people who want to reach out to me. Most of them I don't look at, but I got emails like from Maker's Place, I think three times. And I could just tell in the way that they wrote their email that they really, really believed in the space. They really believed in what at the time was called rare digital art. We didn't even call it NFTs at that point. Um, and they just really believed this as a way for artists to um, monetize their work. And so that, this was back when they were inviting artists to, to join their, their, uh, their platform. Now they don't, right? Mostly like it's all application-based. Um, and so because of them, I got introduced to NFTs and I learned about what this was. And I was still at this time thinking like, is this real money? <laughs> is this like digital internet money? Um, and I had, yeah, I did not, I was still like kind of skeptical, right? Um, but again, just the way that they were writing their email, it felt really like they really believed in it. So I was like, why not? Like, sure, maybe I can get some fake digital money. Like, like okay, great. Um, so I did it. I put up my work and I put up my work for $10 and then that's, pretty much how it changed like and then it was so funny to me that like a collector one of my collectors was actually somebody who who showed me how to turn my um turn my ETH into US dollars and that's when I was like oh shit this is real <laughs> and then this is when I really started to take it seriously <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you say that because uh it is so true like Usually, uh, when I, I've had guests on the show, I, I've got to say you are that story of how you were introduced to the space is actually very unique. I've had several artists that uh, kind of entered in the second wave like you, and a lot of them had heard about it from either friends of theirs uh, or someone like a, a bigger influencer in the game that was trying to get them in. But I, I, I haven't heard many people that actually um, had gotten invited from a platform like. Uh, especially a bigger platform in today, uh, even though Maker's Place has, has kind of dropped in sales volume, especially in 2021, though, they were very big uh, and in 2020. And so hearing that you kind of got your start from, from an email from them is really cool. Um, tell me a little bit about your background prior to uh, the, the NFT scene, um, about your digital art and, and kind of the exposure. How, did, they, did you ever find out as you kind of... Um, kind of built a fan base on Maker's Place and had some drops on there. Did you ever uh, chat with um, anyone that was kind of the founders or co-founders about how they had uh, reached out to you even to begin with? Or is it still kind of a mystery? I guess it's a it's a mystery a little bit, but I, I can assume I can make some assumptions. Um, so my background is I I okay, going way back, like I went to school specifically for video game art. It was something that I was interested in. I wanted to, yeah, work in video games. And that's like me being like that digital artist as well back then. Um, however, eventually I realized that like it wasn't quite for me. And I started just creating my own illustrations, like my own, my own, the stuff that you see now, right? Like, 
and and I really had no way like I like back then no way to monetize them other than like doing commissions or selling prints of my work um I was also I think at one point like kind of trying to do both digital art and traditional art because I really thought that like the only way people were going to pay money was if it was a traditional artwork but I really um I really made a decision at one point that like digital art was what I loved doing the most and I was going to say no to making any traditional like you know type of work and and so I had to really like lean into that unknown and like commit to digital work and just believe that one day I was going to figure out how to monetize my my digital work and all I did was I really thought about how like I just have to put my work out there. I don't know how I'm going to monetize it. I don't really know how I can live off of it like fully, like comfortably. So, but at the very least, I was just going to create an audience around my work. And so I relentlessly made digital illustrations and posted them on Instagram. I think that was the main way. And I also did YouTube videos like with time lapses of my work. And um, I, that's what I just did that over and over and over again. And I had a bit of a following, even though like commissions here and there, a little bit of freelance work. And then and then I'm assuming that's how Makerspace found me was that long before I did NFTs, I was I was just relentless <laughs> with being like, people need to see my art. People like I just got to share it. And so I think that's how they found me. I don't actually know, but that that's my assumption. So uh, like Yeah, I just love. Work. Yeah, I love that that that's your story though because it's it's so in line with like um uh kind of this ethos around the NFT art world which is really about valuing your art and your creativity and not um kind of uh, getting paid to do something that for someone else that isn't what you really uh, like have in your soul. And so I love like, I know your Instagram, I, I had looked at your Instagram, I think it has like something over 24,000 followers. So it makes sense, like if you built a following. But the other thing that I think is really important to kind of, uh, it, to kind of point out is the fact that when you were, um, like you said, relentlessly posting your art, like really trying to to share with the world your creativity. And I think um, some people look at the space and they forget uh, about that part of, of success when it comes to artists. Uh, and they want to come in the space and show their work or like uh, come in the space and just feel like they'll be successful immediately. But like anything in the world, if you're really passionate and you just care about something, it's not it's not really about getting paid. It's amazing when that finally happens. But it's it's uh, like Beeple, like doing a decade of work before he had his big payday in um, the art world when it came to his his original artwork. It's just putting it out there and creating a fan base. And I think um, I think that's why you know the the space has become such a special place because it's all 
of these creators that put themselves first. And I think that is, uh, I, I think that's just like a common narrative in the NFT world. I'm curious, as you kind of got involved, if you, um, obviously, because the space was pretty small, if you, if you were able to get to know other people in the space, did you create other digital art friends uh, that otherwise you wouldn't have known and kind of talk to us about your journey once you started to get involved in the space, uh, especially while it was much quieter? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I I love that I am seeing the same usernames and the same um, the same people in the space still. And knowing that like we had a connection here by, you know, we did we did an interview together here or or we did a drop here together, for example. And I um, I think what's also awesome, though, is not just being friends with other digital artists. It's like really feeling like friends are having a good connection with the collectors, the people who the people who own my work and are fans of my work, which I feel like is also a different relationship to when I just when I post on Instagram and I have like an, an audience, right? That still feels like a little bit separated. Whereas like the 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 Twitter, the community that well one is on Discord, but also just like being able to speak to my collectors like in 2022, like I just like I said, right? It was a collector who helped me um, turn my ETH into USD. And I feel that like friendship with them. I feel like I know them in some way. I feel like I have a relationship with them. Um, and that was really nice when it was like still, still quieter. And, um, but even though, even though it was quieter, it's still great to see that like the same names, like, um, like you're going to have Hakata, like I've seen their name, you know, since 2020, since 2020. And then, um, um, just continuing to to be in the same space as them, even if we're not like chatting all the time or talking all the time, but it still feels like, I don't know, it still feels like a really nice uh, like space, right? Like of, of amazing artists who just believed in themselves for so long and put in the work and, and you know, taking that risk for so long. Um, so yeah, I it feels great. I think one thing that um, comes to mind, especially reading uh, your profile on Twitter, you talk about kind of this transition um, to, to also taking on and kind of being a coach for for artists yeah. um, as they enter. So, you know, I, I'm curious kind of what how that transition happened. I can tell, you know, you're passionate about kind of this um, this ethos around building your, your story in the space. And so I'm curious if that's kind of what brought that passion for helping others. And if you could share a little little bit about your journey from, you know, obviously creating your own digital art to wanting to help others in their journey creating and some of the stories or some of the common uh, themes that you notice people maybe having trouble with that you've been able to help them with as they kind of get in the space. Yeah. Um, so I actually, um, uh, along my journey before discovering NFTs, um, I had a period where I quit art. I really thought that it wasn't for me. I wasn't meant to do it because I was really struggling with confidence. I was struggling with liking it and really believing that it could it could amount to anything. And it was coaching and, and just all this mindset teachings that really helped me um, 
find a way back to my art and um, really thrive in it, have fun with it, enjoy it. And and it was something it was a no brainer that like this was something I had to also help other people, uh, other people with like they are my two passions. There's they I cannot separate them. I am not one or the other. Um, I am both a coach and an artist. And um, it was very clear for me from the start that like a lot of people, a lot of artists struggled with the same thing that I did, like, you know, lifelong procrastination on our art, um, that lack of confidence, not believing in ourselves, not believing in the work. And, um, you know, I talked about like that relentless sharing of my art, but that actually only really happened like, like in the last three or four years or no, actually maybe a little before that, but, um, but before like I was starting and stopping, I wasn't really like believing in my work. And so, um, when I solved it for myself, I, it's just, it was, yeah, like I said, a no brainer that I needed to help other people with the same thing because yeah. Do you think, (laughs) do you feel like, uh, the biggest, the biggest, uh, hurdle or, or road bump people face is dealing with that, that confidence and, and feeling like the, like, like their self-worth when it comes to their art, because it is like it, you put your soul into something and then to, to kind of put it out there is, is definitely like, um, like it's a very vulnerable feeling. So I'd love for you to chat a little bit about some of the, the nine people having mm-hmm. uh, when, when it comes to kind of releasing art, putting it out there and putting themselves out there. Yeah, I think I think confidence is one of the biggest ones. There there definitely are others, but the first one I think is like um really 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 struggling when they aren't getting the response that they think they that you know they think they should have or they think would mean that like they're successful or um um what would what would consider them a real artist or their art is successful. Uh, if we don't get that response, so like, um, we don't get the amount of likes or we don't get that, you know, you know, like somebody, somebody looks at our art and doesn't, doesn't say anything. Um, so many of us really do struggle with that, like, um, starting to feel insecure or starting to feel like this is this, what they, what we did was not good. And then it leads us to hide, right? It leads us to hide our work or to, um, like not make more art to start to doubt if the, if we can ever be successful doing it. And the, so what I did and what I teach our artists to do is like how to be relentless, how to, how to let go of whatever is happening in, in front of you, like as a reaction to your work and to keep sharing it anyway, for example, right. Or to keep making art anyway, and to find reasons to, to keep making the art and sharing it that it has nothing to do with people's reaction to it and and then what happens is you do that enough that you create the reaction right um so that would be like one barrier that i've seen a lot um that i think is the biggest one um other barrier. Oh, go ahead. I think you were going to say something. No, I was just going to, I I was going to say, I feel like that is, I mean, I've seen that as a trend, especially as the space has grown so much. And I'm sure you've kind of seen it as well of like newer artists coming in. And like you said, they see, 
what is that called? Like this inferiority complex of like, you see other people that are so successful, you feel like you're not, you shouldn't belong. Um, and, and so I do, I see that as like a common thread. And, and it makes me so glad that you're like, that you bring this up, that you ask people to kind of face that head on, talk about it, um, and think about it, because I feel like what you're saying is uh, is 100% where you're able to create a different path for yourself as an artist. It's like, um, it's like loving yourself uh, enough and loving your work. And that's, that's what matters the most is because you, you're the one that puts it out there and that you're the only one that really matters. Uh, and, and when other people start to love it, then it's just, it's even greater. But first it's like, you have to have that, that inner, uh, that love within. Um, and, and I think that is something that as pe- as I've found people find that in the space, it's almost like everything else starts to fall in place because they're they're not um, they're not hindered by anything else at that point. They're able to just really hone in to their creativity and their soul and create beautiful art. And in time, people just start noticing more and more. Yeah, for sure. And like, and like alongside that, it's like I think yeah. Alongside that is we don't chase it as much, right? We don't chase the um, the approval as much and then what happens too is when we're not chasing the approval we end up making art that is way more authentic way more bold way more um it's got something special to it right like it's way more us um it really feels like me and we end up also like liking it even more um and we don't need that approval as much and then like what happens is that we get the approval and it's nice but it's a bonus, right? It's a bonus to like how we feel about the work. And we actually end up not being surprised that people love our work because we love it so much already. Um, I love that. I think that's the, yeah, I think that's the second barrier is people, uh, artists people pleasing in their work. Because when we people please with our work, it's not really like fully us in the work. It kind of creates watered down work that doesn't stand out. Um, as much as it could be. Um, so yeah, that would be the other barrier. I, I think that's amazing. I just want to thank you too, because uh, there's a lot of people, like you said, like you had to go through coaching to kind of get to that point and find that within yourself. And and for you to, uh, like, like you said, like it goes hand in hand with you being an artist and being a coach because you found that passion uh, in in helping others, and I just think that's a beautiful uh, narrative and story um, that you've created because it it just goes to show um, kind of that vulnerability that you put out there in not only talking about your own struggles, but then being able to use those uh, struggles that that you've kind of had in your own journey and be able to help others in theirs. And so, thanks for um, being vulnerable in that way to help other people. I think that's a that's really beautiful. What so now that we've kind of talked about uh, that that journey to get to that point, I'd love for you to share a little bit about uh, once you kind of found that beauty within and you know your own passion and your own creativity, your own style. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your artwork and and your style and uh, where that where that soul and that creativity comes from uh, when you when you put it on the digital canvas. Yeah, sure. Okay, I love talking about my art. <laughs> um, so I my my work has definitely evolved. Um, back um, 
okay, let, let's see, where do I start? Because back, back when, you know, before coaching, before I really found my way back to it, I was making work, right? And I was making art and they were good art, I guess, like, but, you know, didn't feel like it was something that um, really felt like me. And as I was going through, you know, using the work of coaching, um, I really discovered that I really, really love things like, like cute, kawaii, sexy females. <laughs> That's what I loved. And for a while, I really like did not allow myself to to paint those things because I yeah came from an art school kind of setting and in art school and um and also in like professional video game industries like I think there was this I, I had the impression that like if I were going to create um a super indulgent painting of a woman that that would be considered very unprofessional that would be considered um you know like I'm imagining like a board or like a group of professional artists who would think that that was just like silly and and um they would be laughing at me and so I went on this journey to really lean into what I wanted to do rather than what I thought was like the professional thing to do or what I thought was like the impressive things to, uh, thing to do. And so my work is very, I like to describe it as clown vomit chic, where it's full of color, full of rainbow colors, lots of pink and um, lots of, lots of amazing, beautiful women, which I also for a long time didn't want to let myself do or paint because I thought like, oh, the market is saturated of that. Like lots of artists do that. Um, but once again, kind of like leaning into the unknown, I just had to trust that like I do females, I paint females in a certain way that is very specific to me. Um, and so that means like there is no saturation when, when no one will do it like I do it. Um, so my work is uh, I think very colorful and very fun. And it involves a lot of um, uh, sexiness because I think sexiness is very beautiful. I'm highly influenced by um, anime culture and I'm highly influenced by OnlyFans culture as well. Like I think, I think a lot, I, I think Belle Delphine is an artist. I think what she does is amazing. I think she's a chameleon and I think I and I'm very very inspired and so I use that a lot in my uh, in influence in my art. I love that. And I think, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of those people that uh maybe had would have said, you know, this is unprofessional or this isn't like you shouldn't make this art are are you know, probably hindered by trying to create what other people create. And if you look at your art as I hope people in here do, go to your Twitter bio, go to the link tree and look through it, but it is so unique and and that's something that I've always loved about your art. I mean, I uh I got into crypto art and NFTs um, back in 
the later, uh, like September, October of 2020. But I had run across your your art back then, and it just stands out. And that's what when you find that beauty within and your own creative style, uh, you are going to stand out. And and your art pieces do. It's they're just so unique. And like you said, the colors are incredible. Just the 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 style and and the focus on the sexiness of women. It, it is amazing. And one thing I think is amazing too is you've kind of seen as that organic growth happen um, because you know you're you start seeing traction because you are different and your style is unique to yourself and there's nothing like it and because of that more and more people start to pay attention to it you get more and more people following it uh, and the one big drop that I I remember and I actually remember you posting about it after the sale uh, and I'm sure it's still if you want to talk a little bit about it is the the drop on Maker's Place it was the open edition of uh, Bolsan and Bear Chan, uh, and, and it was such a it was it was just crazy how many people had bought. I know that it was a it was a really I, I think maybe a pivotal moment. If you want to talk about kind of the lead up to that big sale and just kind of um, just being being able to be recognized for your unique style. Yeah, that was a really crazy drop. Um, so. Um, to share about the journey of that or just the story behind it. I mean, um, um, I am very good friends with um, somebody who's really, really into also in, in the crypto space. And like, um, you know, they talk, they're obsessed with the trading side. And, um, and we're, we were just brainstorming about, I feel like a lot of my, <laughs> a lot of my ideas start off as jokes. And then, we're like, whoa, wait, maybe, <laughs> maybe this really could be something. Um, and I was just thinking about this idea of like um, a bull and a bear. And, and he was suggesting, um, you know, like, what if, what if you made like, cause I have, I'm also very influenced by um, Hello Kitty. Um, I love, I love that character so much. And I think you can see that in some of my early works with like these sexy girls with animal heads and the, and the animal heads kind of resemble Hello Kitty, right? Like the, the big round shapes and, um, and it, it just went along with the theme of like women with these animal heads and, um, uh, and it's very like anime inspired. So I imagine creating this collection of, of um, as if it was like an anime scene, um, like uh, a little a little bear girl and then like a stoic bull, um, and they're like you know in a fight off. And then in terms of the actual um, drop itself, um, I remember I was along. Um, I was with three other artists, I think two or three other artists were dropping at the same time. Um, and it was just, it was really, I had a feeling beforehand that like this, this is, I think going to do well, I think. And then, and then when it got dropped, um, I, first of all, I love that like people were like, I, you know, we want the bulls to win. Right. And, and the bull, the bull son ended up selling more than, than bear Chan makes sense. And, um, I just like that it, we created like an experience too. Like it felt like we were like, it was like race horses. <laughs> um, and then, and then, you know, the next morning, I think I saw the result of, of the amount of money it made. And I was pretty, 
freaking shocked. <laughs> um, it was really, really amazing. And it really, I, I just, I, it was just more confirmation that, um, that what I exactly wanted to do, exactly what I loved making, all the most the unprofessional stuff, the way that I like to do color, the way that I want to draw females, it was, um, it, it can be successful or I can do what I exactly what I want to do. I don't have to conform to anything. Right. Yeah. I think that, I think that is like, that is the lesson that has to be, that, that has to be kind of, um, learned in order to to make it in this space like you can be whatever you want like you should uh express yourself in your style and your art because that is what people are going to find that they love uh is is when you're actually putting yourself on canvas and like you said like if you truly love it then when other people love it it's just a bonus but it really doesn't matter because it's for you anyways and so i think that plays out time and time again but your art is just uh, is an amazing example of that and like i said it's i was talking about on the pre-show like once uh like the opportunity to chat with you uh came around i was like of course because i i was a fan of your uh, art from very early on i had always liked um the style that you had put out and the thing that i really love is is kind of the it's almost like giving the middle finger to like the establishment saying you know like no you shouldn't put that out like this is uh like putting these images is is it's too scandalous or it's not inappropriate and you're like you know that's like f you like this is what i love to create this is me and and i think that is the beauty of like what people need to learn is is you don't have to confine yourself like that is the beauty of the the crypto world and that is the blockchain is being able to express yourself uh in beautiful ways and i think um you've done that and you've shown that um time and time again with your art and and i'm sure you've had do you have people come to you and kind of um and feel like inspired by your artwork that they can create um whatever whatever is really in their soul i'd love for you to talk about in your experience in the last couple years of creating and putting art into the nft space if you've kind of found that it has helped people um that were kind of fearful of of other people's perception of the work they put out Uh, yeah absolutely i I have seen and spoken to artists who I think are um, not, and this is just an example. Um, I think, I think overall it's helped people do what they want to do more, but I definitely have seen artists who, who know me and, um, and we are internet friends kind of thing, or, or they've worked with me and they're letting themselves be more sexy in their art they're letting themselves um explore um uh, a sexy side to their characters um and creating more not safe for work stuff that they want to create and so i definitely see that yeah that's awesome i think that is uh it's it's awesome that you can be an inspiration for other people. One another thing that I wanted to touch on and ask you about is because there's this is something that I see that seems very uh, relevant and something that I've been really proud of um, from the time that I first got in the space to today is like um, 
there's just a lot more female creators that are in the NFT space today than there was when you first joined. Um, and, and I'm curious uh, if you've kind of noticed that and also um, just kind of message for anyone that is new to the space or I mean, crypto was very male dominated just in terms of like the investing side. And I feel like NFTs and art and the create the creativity side has brought and drawn a lot of um, people in, but also uh, made it less intimidating, which I think is really powerful. And I'm curious um, if you could talk about, you know, seeing so many more uh, empowered female creators in the space and maybe uh, speak to what that means um, and seeing how that's grown over the last year or two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I there's definitely still room for more. I'm excited for more uh, female artists to join. Um, I think, I mean, I think in general, like, um, it's really amazing to see that that um, more more artists, not just females, but more artists first are able to do exactly what they want to do, right? Like first and foremost, like anyone being able to do what they want to do. And then I think on top of that, with with the NFT space, because it's it's so um, uh, there's so much room to this is also new. It, it seems like there's no rules, right? There's still so there. It's like it's such new territory that I'm I think it's giving a lot of um, female artists more room to do what they want, be who they want to be and um, create the art that they exactly want to create and get paid doing that. Um, so um, I, I think like because I'm part of um, I'm part of like a Twitter group, I think a Twitter chat where there's um, crypto women in them. And, you know, they're doing gallery shows that are just female focused. Um, and it, see, it feels like there's a lot of support. Um, and I think it feels there's a lot of support among each other. And also like it sounds, it seems like the whole space in general is also wanting there to be more female voices or more female artists, which is supporting the whole um, the ultimate goal of having more women be able to do what they want, right? Um, um, get paid exactly the way they want, whether it's through sexiness, whether it's through um, modestness. Um, it's, I think it's like, be, because we, we all, especially I think women do have such strong, um, in society, there seems to be such strong um, like roles that needed need to be played and i want women to be able to break out of that and it feels like the the nft space has been very um supportive in that is the way i've seen it yeah i couldn't agree more and i feel like as we i i think um as more and more people come into the space you see not only that foundation gets stronger because it's like this uh, this playing field that we are going to continue to grow in this space together, but we're cr- kind of creating like this future world uh, where where we have a chance to kind of. Uh, reform the landscape of what the world looks like. Uh, We may have our own problems with kind of uh, all of the systemic issues in the real world, but in this new world, we can create a foundation that allows uh, people to really grow uh, and and have that equal opportunity. And I feel like that's something that I've seen that we're getting better at. And it's, uh, and we're, like you said, there's, we're not there yet because it's, there's, there's room for so much more growth, especially as we kind of fight 
fight um, the the problems of our of the real world as we kind of create this new world. And, and but I think that we are getting closer to like what we're wanting to see. And so I love that you that you are also a pioneer um, kind of leading and paving the way because digital art is something that's never going away. And I'm curious, do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about how like your art will be preserved for a thousand years? People will look back and it's not like it's ever destroyed. And that this, this new world that we're starting is something that is just uh, the very, like very, very beginning of, of, just like the wild west uh if we look at like the real world um if you think about that and and what you think like uh how this all how this evolves over time and um how we interact with people and the borderlessness of it i'd love for you just talk about as you've gotten more involved just beyond just the the art side but just in general about what crypto and blockchain um opens up opportunities for for the future yeah um i have difficulty thinking about like yeah my artwork a thousand years from now <laughs> still like um um i think i saw a tweet a while ago like early on um when i was in the space about about um someone saying that like yeah it's it's you know before the beeple um uh success um uh and the beeple hype that like, yeah, the people, the people that are currently in the crypto space right now, the NFT space, the artists that are putting out work right now are, are, are the like, the future, like, the, they're like history makers, right? Um, and I'm, I, I have trouble, like, I'm like, whoa, they're right. But like, at the same time, that's hard to comprehend. But in terms of the actual, um, um, you know, how do I see this impacting and how do, how do I see, how do, how do I see this impacting the future and like what kind of world that we can create? Um, I mean, it really, it really feels like we have no idea, but like, um, what I hope to see is, um, more borderlessness as well. Like, um, more, you know, it feels like, it feels like a lot of us are children of the internet where like we're creating so many connections, right. Being online. And, and I, I hope to see that with, with things like Decentraland crypto voxels, where we're creating these digital worlds where um, we're having like a life there as well. Right. That's where we're kind of seeing things move forward um, that it it creates less barrier between people and more connection. Of course, there's going to be, I think we can see that there's probably going to be issues with that as well, like how, like, you know, boundary issues. Um, but in terms of like, you know, it feels like um, it, if it could create like better communities and not, people not, this is silly, but like people not fighting as much and people, um, okay, this is, this is full on what I think is like happening. Um, I feel like I don't know enough about politics and no, I have enough information to really like, like have a big opinion on it, but this is my rudimentary opinion. Um, eventually if we are going to go to Mars, then like, it's going to be like, we're not even going to have countries anymore. Right. We're going to have like earth 
versus Mars, <laughs> Earth versus Mars and the moon. And we're going to be Earthians instead of like, in, you know, Americans and and, um, um, you, uh, you know, people from London or whatever. Um, no, London's a city. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? And so like I I am excited that then because of this less borderlessness, right, like or more borderlessness, that it means that all of us can do more of of what we want. We can um, because we're supporting each other more rather than we're we're like trying to fight for resources or fight for ourselves. So because we're um, we're one, we can then do whatever we want, right? Um, and then in terms of the NFT space, like I just hope more people get to get paid doing exactly what they want to do. I think that's like just the bottom line, right? It's just like people being able to not do, um, okay, like I also think about like all the minds and all the people that are, let's say like, um, um, just like they're, that they're doing menial jobs when really we're like, there's so much untapped creativity there, right? And brain power there that could be, that could be um, used to create a better world. And I'm hoping that like, with access to things like crypto and nfts people like that can and or like true artists are actually are able to do what they really want to do or create what they want to create and then so we're all doing what we want rather than we're all like hating our day jobs and and having to fit these roles having to um um conform in some way um so that we can survive and also so that we get like social approval or, or social survival. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm so I glad for I'm, us to do that. I'm so glad that, that I had asked you about that question because I, I'm like, I couldn't agree more. It's almost like this, um, this new world that we're creating online is like, we don't, we don't even have to occupy Mars anymore because we are, we have it like we're creating this new world here and we're like slowly transitioning people here that are just uh, like-minded. And so we're able, like you said, like there's, there's definitely a place where a lot of the political BS and the bureaucracy and the gatekeeping is all stuff that people that come to the space are like F that stuff. That, like that's, uh, that's like brought us more problems than good. Like let's just create a better path, like a, a more inclusive path, a better world and it's like we're just like we we don't have we have this resource the blockchain that allows us to do this peer-to-peer transaction so now we have an opportunity to where we can actually start creating that and it's a it's such a beautiful thing and i and i think um i think a lot of people are starting to realize that and it starts to click for people as just like wow the like you said the breadth of how how large this is and and the scope of it is beyond our wildest imagination because we're so, we're in the very early phases it's like it's like if a caveman uh, uh, trying to imagine Skype calling, it's just like not even possible. And so to think where we're going to be in, in a, another a few hundred years is is beyond our wildest imagination. But there's one thing that we can get that, that like you started talking earlier, like that vibe or that feel of what, what we're building here is a special place. And I think that's what um, continues to draw people uh, back time and time again. People 
people start um, coming onto spaces instead of watching TV, and 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 we start to create patterns that create a better world. Um, and, and even though it may seem small, and we're only a small scope of people here, uh, because of the nature of it and the the empowerment of the blockchain, uh, it continues to to bring more and more people in. And so I, I couldn't agree more with like just just your belief in where this all could go because i i'm right there with you all right we're gonna actually turn in a minute um to people being able to ask some questions so if thank you for everyone that's in the audience that's been um here listening along please go ahead and hit that request button now we're gonna bring a few people up um on stage in just a moment after this next question so let's start getting a queue up if you have a question that you'd uh, like to ask hey please hit that request button now but i will ask one more question because i definitely don't uh want to um to to miss this opportunity to to have you share about um this project that you've been working on, which is Katie's Love Lost Dolls. And so I'd love for you to, to just uh, to have a minute to be able to share, um, you know, kind of the inspiration behind it, uh, what it is, um, and, and how people can learn and get involved with it. Okay, sounds good. So um, the idea behind the Love Lost Dolls is, so I was introduced to, you know, like all of us, we saw um, Board Ape Club and um, that really was what showed me that, um, you, you can really create art at a high volume. Anytime I've done, um, a drop, it's at most been like, let's say like a hundred editions, right? Um, I'm one, I'm one artist, I'm one person. I can only paint so much so quickly. And it was really inspiring to see <clears throat> the volume um, and the amount of art that you can create and generate when you are working with like a developer who can create this amount of um, uh, artwork, right? Um, and I really saw how t- I'm a huge fan of vinyl toys and and toys in general. So I really love seeing that parallel of um, of like a big amount of variety um, and and but you're like collecting one of them, right? You're collecting your favorites. And so, so that's what inspired me to do a generative art project was because I wanted that high volume to see, to see many iterations of the kind of women I love to make. Um, and then the story of the actual dolls themselves. <clears throat> so I was thinking about, I mean, like we've been talking about, I love, I love painting badass, powerful women. And I, like I think I went and my first meeting with um with one of my teammates, I was like, oh haha, like if I was gonna do one, it would be like it would be like um like a, a, a set of uh like generative strippers, right? And that's literally what I created. I um I have these women who are part of this club and it's um but this is not like any club that you know um that you've been to or heard or heard about like these women are here because they want to, they're empowered. It's the guests that serve them. Um, they don't work for anyone. They are the ones that are being pleased. And they are um, very, very sexy. And they are, they really run the show. You know, they really run the show of this club. And like I said, it's all the influence of the um the OnlyFans community that I've seen and and women also, right? Like 
really taking ownership and control of how they make money, whether society says that that's like approve, uh, you know, approve worthy, right? Like, no, you should not be using your body in that way to to support yourself. Well, these girls are like a middle finger to that. And so that's what the dolls are. And also, this is why they are dolls is because of that vinyl toy influence. And um, one other thing about them is that, like, um, we are going to work on something. Uh, we are working on something where they can be interactive in some way so that you can really feel like you have a doll that you can interact with, just like an actual toy. Um, yeah, I think that's the main gist of the Love Lost Dolls. That's awesome. And you can hear your passion for the project and just, like, the art and the the style and, like you said, kind of the... Um, uh, kind of the message that you're trying to send to the world with it, which I think is beautiful. I'm really excited about it. I also uh, want to say, I know I had talked to Giles about this, but um, uh, something that I, uh, that we're going to give 25 members of the Crazy Carl Collective whitelist uh, or early mints, uh, pre-mint, whatever we call it, spots. And so I really appreciate um, that. So thank you for for kind of uh, allowing some people in in, in our community to, to be able to have, um, spots to mint. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited. I know I'm going to mint one and, uh, it'll actually be, um, my, my first piece of yours that I'll own, which I'm so excited to finally have one of your pieces in my collection. So, um, thank you for continuing to create. Let's go ahead and turn now to some questions from the audience. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. All right. First up is uh, Bennett. Bennett, welcome to the stage. Thanks for coming up. Hey, what's going on, guys? Katie, awesome art. I got to check it out today when I found out he was going to be on the show. So congratulations on all that. Uh, Awesome. Thank you. I had actually a couple questions after you got to uh, talking about that. Are you going to release this on the uh, ETH? on the Ethereum or is it going to be like uh, open sea or what, what are you thinking for your, your dolls? Yeah, currently they will be on open sea and it will be through our website. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And then, uh, I'm a, I'm a coach and I had never thought about an art coach. I'm a basketball coach, so I'm, I'm not great at art and things like that, but, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build through crazy Carl's, uh, push and, and through the discord and, and you being a coach i'm not really great at drawing or painting but i feel I, like i can still be an artist do you think that's a, a possibility with somebody that can't draw or can't paint that they can still be an artist yeah i mean at some point i didn't know how to draw either right yeah i'm still i'm 44 i need to i need to figure it out i guess yeah for sure i mean <laughs> we all start somewhere you know, and especially if you're doing it for yourself, right? It's like, if you're making art because you find it fun, that there's no, there's no reason to not make it and, and, and work on it now. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bennett, for coming up. Yeah. And I agree. And I think, um, another thing, especially with, um, with the NFT world is we're starting to realize like, uh, whether you're creative in the sense of drawing or art, like it, it really, this whole, this whole new world of NFTs really allows us to open up our mind to like what we really love or what we enjoy. It feels like kind of like being a kid again, uh, in a lot of ways, because you were like, 
uh, you feel like that sense of empowerment. Like Bennett said, he's 44, but he's like, oh man, I just like, I want to do, I want to create something. And so you start to explore and maybe like you find a passion in drawing or uh, digital art, or maybe it's uh, there's music or I, I think that another thing is just, I've realized too, is like we, uh, like art is so many things and and it doesn't always mean like um it doesn't always mean like a brush to a canvas it can mean so much more than that i i feel like that's something i've realized about my show like this like the crazy about crypto show is my art that i can give to the space and i think that's something important is like everyone in this in this space has their own way of being able to contribute and their own art form whether it is um like uh, actual drawing or not it's just a matter of figuring out and unleashing that and figuring that out for yourself of what that creative uh like spirit is in your soul and getting to unleash it yeah absolutely and i can i can touch on that with like you know it's it's um it's really about the idea you have as well right like enjoying the process of like 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 Carl was saying like it doesn't have to be a brush to a canvas it's it's like if you have an idea um whatever that might be that's art in itself and then you have the skills I mean you say that like you know you can't draw but it's like you have the skills to create the idea whether it's 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 on a spectrum of like quality <laughs> right depending on your skill level and how much practice you have of like drawing if we're, if we're talking about a drawing but everyone right now, like, I mean, look at kids, right? Like, they have the skill to bring out their idea. Everyone has that right now. And so they, everyone can be an artist right now. And then, and then the skill part of it, like, you know, that's something you can develop over time. But nothing is stopping anyone from, from getting their idea out of their head today, right? Yeah. Not, nothing at all. I love that. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this space too, is like, like this show, like the crazy about crypto show. Now we're on like 84 episodes, but back in July, when I started it, there was like two people in the audience. And it was just like, like you said, like that relentless grind. If you're passionate about something and you really enjoy it and, and you are having fun with it, then you like, as you find more people that come along the path with you, it's just a bonus because you enjoyed it regardless of how many people uh, are in the audience or how many people are actually uh finding value in what you do it's it's about that internal journey and i think that is the beauty of what you've kind of shared on the show but also for people that are listening like if you're entering the space or if you're trying to figure out what uh brings you that passion it's just a matter of exploring and once you get that idea to explore it and if you enjoy it don't stop doing it um and in that conviction that you have in terms of like we talk about investments on the show and like you should have conviction in your investments. Well, if you're creating something, you should have conviction in yourself uh, and you should be passionate about it and know that that's what you love to do. And so uh, I just think I, I, you're, I couldn't agree more with you. Like everyone in this audience is, is an artist. It's just a matter of figuring out uh, what your canvas is. Um, and so I, I think that's an important message. All right. Next up, we have Jack, um, who is, a, is an architect who's now creating um, a VR uh, architecture, and he's he's made some for the Crazy Carl Collective. So it's it's an honor to have you up here, especially talking about this. Like everyone having their own like passion, I, and you've definitely shown that, um, Jack. So it's awesome to have you up here. Uh, thanks a lot, Carl. I'm, I'm uh, 
happy to, to be on stage. Um, really enjoying the conversation. Um, Katie, I, I uh, was uh, just browsing your, your work while we were listening in today. Um, first time seeing your work. And I just wanted to say I was really impressed. And uh, you, you answered my first question was, um, do you do work beyond one-on-ones? Um, so I, I won't, I won't uh, uh, kind of go into that, but um, I just wanted to say I really appreciate your persistence with your art. I think it's really inspirational. And for anybody that, you know, is, is starting to navigate creating their own art, um, you know, you're a great voice to turn to in that regard. And um, Bennett, I was just going to say, I don't know if you've seen the, the MFers or however you pronounce uh, that project, but it's, it's stick figures, right? And, um, you know, from, from what I can tell, the community is really into that and, uh, and anybody could draw that, right? So I would say if you have an idea, just, just start and um, who knows what would come of it. Um, Katie, my question for you is, and, and, I, and I'd like to ask this question to, to new artists that, um, that I discover through uh, a, lot, a lot of time, it's through the, the conversations um, that Carl hosts, but um, who are artists in the space right now that, that you kind of look up to? And then also how has Web3 changed the way that you think about the art that you're creating, right? Because it's, it's such a new world and it's such a new medium. Um, has it affected the way or um, altered the way that you approach your art? Yeah. Okay. First question. Um, for sure. I see. Well, what's interesting is, um, okay, there's, there's people that I really admire when I came into the space. And then there's people that I admired are now before um, I knew about the space who are now coming, who are now in the space, who are now selling NFTs. So it's really cool to see like all these artists that I love um, um, in the space. I really admire Josie a lot. Um, she is, she's somebody that I did an interview with, um, early on and I think she's so cool. Like she's really cool. And I love her work as well. She also likes to do female, female, you know, centric art. And, um, if, if anyone's a true OG, it's definitely Josie. Right. Um, and then, um, but then there's some of my favorite artists that have joined the space, like Stephanie Priscilla, um, and, um, those are the main ones that I'm thinking of right now in terms, and then your second question about, um, um, what was the second like, question again? <laughs> oh, like how, how has, uh, web three changed oh, yeah. the way that you approach your art? Yeah. Okay. So I think it's definitely affected the way I approach my art in certain ways and I'm still discovering, um, what ways it's influenced me that I like and I'm going to keep and some ways where I'm going to be like, mm, I don't know about that. And I'm going to like, let, like not continue doing. So a few ways that the space has influenced my work is, um, um, well, um, for example, um, I think early on, uh, there was, you know, I'm all about doing what you want to do, right? Like making the art that you want to make. Um, um, but I was also thinking about like, how, how do I um, also incorporate um, uh, like crypto related stuff into my work so that I could connect with the, the audience that I have. And so that's where my Crypto Kitties series was born. That's one of my first collections that I dropped on Maker's Place. It's a set of females 
Um, and they have these animal heads and the animal heads has Ethereum, Bitcoin, MetaMask and Dogecoin as themes. And that I think was a fun way to to that was a fun influence, um, how it's affected my my work. Um, it's very like, you know, uh, it's cheeky. Right. Um, and it was and I wanted to do it. It didn't feel like I was conforming. It felt like I was like, oh, I, I get to explore like a new idea. The other way that um, um, the space has like, and, and I don't know if this is the space in itself, but this is maybe like with the way things were working with Makerspace, because that was where I was dropping my work. It was, you know, there were these cons, this idea of drops, right? I had never done that before I joined the space. Um, in the past, I would make art and then release it. And that's what I would do, just like make art and release it. And so I started thinking more in collections, like since joining the space, um, like, okay, I'm, I'm creating an entire collection for a drop, which I think is a little bit like kind of what I think traditional art worlds would do, right? Is like, you're thinking about an entire collection for an art show. And that I'm still like, playing with because I like the idea because I think it's created a lot of creativity for me to think in series but at the same time I really enjoy also like not doing that <laughs> um that's great so, it, it kind of like what you just said about you know thinking about a, a series and uh, with part of a project it makes me think of of like a, a record like when yeah. a musician you know sets out to start working on a series of songs like that those series of songs are going to be on a record and they want to tell a story like with that record it seems like these these new projects these new web3 projects and what you're talking about is you know you want to have kind of like a cohesive front and uh, a, a, maybe a common theme for for what you're exploring I, I think that's that's great yeah and so i'm i'm thinking like there's there's a medium somewhere i think i started to go maybe a little bit too far where i was thinking like okay i can only think in collections and i can only think in drops um but i think in the future it's going to be like um collections along with like surprise single painting right that just gets released out of nowhere out of the blue for fun um yeah so those are those are some of the ways that i see the space um influencing my work and my and my process i love that awesome. that was an excellent Thank question you. too thanks jack uh let's do one more question we've got terry up here terry thanks for coming up on stage yeah good morning yeah this is terry i'm from hong kong and i'm a great friend of katie and this is my first time to speak in space yeah i'm a Oh, welcome. That's amazing. Thanks for having yeah. the courage to come uh, actually, up. Um, I saw the sneak peek yesterday. Thanks. And that was that. And uh, a question, because uh, I heard Katie, uh, there will be around 7,000 uh, piece of NFT. Is I think 6969 is a very nice number. But I actually, I, I, I saw that in the Discord. There's around uh, maybe 1,300 uh, people there. Uh, is there any worries that uh, those NFT will not be sold out? Or uh, is there a plan that if uh, it is not sold out, it will be burned out after the public sale? Yeah, uh, this is my question because um, I think uh, I want to know more about the marketing strategy later. Uh, will we going to attract some more uh, members to join the Discord? Yeah, this is my question. 
Yeah, absolutely. Our plan is definitely to continue marketing and to continue to grow those numbers. And um, no plans right now about burning any that's not sold if there are no nothing sold. But um, our team has already committed that this is something that we are going to be working on for some time. And we have we still have plans no matter what happens at the Mint to create an amazing community and create an ex amazing experience for our, our, our buyers and our collectors. And um, we are committed to creating, um, you know, the, the, I talked about like this interactivity or personal personalization of the dolls. And that is a commitment that we're going to create no matter what. And we want that to make it so that, um, it still creates buzz, it still creates interest, and it still creates people like, you know, a utility and something different to the NFTs, right, to this collection that would um, invite more people to to join and be a collector. Um, so no matter, you know, we are not like, okay, whatever happens, and then we're done. No, we are continuing to work on this so that it's a full on success for for ev everyone that's involved. Um, yeah. Terry, thanks for that question. Another uh, follow-up question to that, um, something that I'm sure you've thought about is, uh, with how many people have kind of come to the space, it's like a, it seems to be a blessing and a curse because there's so many new uh, there's so many new entrants in terms of potential collectors, but there also is just so much noise when it comes to creation. Um, what's uh, the like to end and kind of to start to close out? What is um, some of the the things that you think about in terms of how the space has evolved um, and the benefits and kind of the challenges of of where we're at right now with web three yeah um how the space has evolved so what i'm seeing with um uh and this this i'm noticing with with particularly artists who come to me and are like super interested in joining the space and i'm assuming that like this sentiment maybe is also across like a lot of um non-artists in the space but there is this um, there is this, we kind of touched on it earlier of like, we want that instant, um, we want those instant results. We want those instant, like there's no room for like a slow burn or, or, a, or organic growth. And, and we're, we're as a team, we find it very, very important that we are not attracting flippers. We are really attracting true collectors and people who are going to hold and, um, so that is not what we um, that is where we see maybe like with the hype of people is that more people are impatient or more people are like wanting that, you know, to do the speculation and then wanting to um, um, like are, are wanting that instant gratification, whereas our team and our message and our our collection is all about um um, creating that genuine community, genuine connection, and we are committed for the long haul. We are not, you know, we're not giving up on anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, th I, I could, I'll, um, I agree with that. I think that that has been a big, um, a big shift since you know early uh, around this time last year, around March is when that all uh, happened, and so. I think uh, it is insane that we're just a year out from that Beeple sale. It's uh, <laughs> feels like an eternity uh, since that that happened. But it also goes to show 
I think the biggest thing that comes to my mind is that it's uh, it's more about finding the people that are building uh, for the long run. And I think that we're going to start to see that um, over time, there's going to be a lot of projects that end up failing for a, probably a, mer- a myriad of reasons. But I think uh, at the end of the day, like you said, like the people that are really passionate about it, the people that really uh, truly care about their collectors, the people that are going to be grinding day in and day out, not just because uh, because of hype or money, but also just because their passion is there. I think that is really the beauty of Web3. And I, I think that the beauty of Web3 really truly comes in the form of organic growth, uh, which is something that is probably the biggest struggle of the the fast growth recently is it's hard to get organic uh, growth when uh, there's so many people that are just coming in um, for like a for short term mindset, and so uh, I really agree with that. And I think it's uh, it's an important reminder to anyone, uh, and we talk about it all the time in this show. But when you have conviction about something, it's more than it's more than just uh, short term. It's really thinking about the long term, the team, the people that are involved, the artists. It's it's about all of the elements and how they talk and and uh, and kind of um, view the the community, which is also an important element, and how they treat the community. And so, I think all of that plays a factor, and I think we're going to see that play out uh, over the next few years. Um, I, I, I think it's beautiful that you've started your own Discord. You're kind of uh, cultivating a community. Do you want to share a little bit about how people can join, and then we'll start to close out? Yeah, sure. Just follow um, the Katie's lo- uh, the Love Lost Dolls Twitter, and there's um, there is a Discord link there in the bio if you want to join our Discord. Um, there are also club promoters around who also have their own link. And um, there's there's a special role in the Discord where if they um, um, if like you know they're they're fighting for an exclusive piece of art from me, the more people that they invite, they get to win um, a, an exclusive piece of art. And so if you join the Discord and you think you would be a great club promoter as well, like yeah, let us know, and then you might be able to win one of my artwork. Awesome. I think that's uh, really creative. Again, like trying to form that kind of organic growth uh, with people that are really passionate about helping um, build your community. And I think that's awesome. So definitely go check it out. I want to give a huge shout out of gratitude to Katie for coming on the show to chat about her journey so far in the Web3 space. The Crazy About Crypto show does not accept paid advertisements or paid requests to come on the show. The quality of guests and educational content provided is essential. I also want to shout out the Crazy Carl Collective. Crazy Carl is not my real name. I'm just one voice in the Crazy Carl Collective. We're an entity in the Web3 space working to build and grow together. Many guests of the show are Crazy Carls as well. People in the audience, if you're not in the collective, I encourage you to follow us and then watch us and then one day join us. There's a special PO app for today's show you can claim by heading over to the PO app app and putting in the, the code word Coach Katie. Once again, that's Coach Katie, all lowercase and all one word. Thanks so much for joining us today and continuing to learn about the innovation that Web3 unlocks for us all. This has been another Thank production you. of Gutter Thanks, Cassidy Katie. Books. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. 
Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.